this is Florence Brummer. I am the host of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I have been having a really hard time staying on my self-imposed schedule, which is having a um, podcast every two weeks. This is about two and a half weeks since my last podcast. I live in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer, and I've been a lawyer since 1999, and throughout my practice, I struggle between my life life and my work life. So I'm talking about that today. I'm going to give an update on my last couple of weeks and some travel that I had to do, one for work and one for spring break, and um, just talk about like how I managed the office while I was doing that. So I had an oral argument in Las Vegas on March 6th. So that means I had to leave on March 5th, a Sunday, so I only got a short weekend. And the, all this travel has been one of the reasons why it's been super difficult to stay on track with my podcast schedule. So the 5th was super busy on top of it. I had a celebration of life to go to on Saturday, and I woke up with a migraine, and I, maybe this is too much information, but I threw up after I had coffee. Um, just from the migraine. And so I skipped the celebration of life and took a power morning nap. So I slept, had coffee, went back to sleep for like another hour, hour and a half. But that did it for me. That like kicked the headache. So then I showered and I went to the Harlem Globetrotters game. If you've never gone to one, go to one if they're in your town. It's relatively affordable. I had tickets from a silent auction um, where I won it through a silent auction, so um, that was nice. But the Globetrotters are so much fun. I had tickets for the magic hour before the game for pictures and autographs, but the traffic was so terrible. A 30-minute ride took one hour and 15 minutes. So we missed all but six or seven minutes, but we got a couple cute pictures. I did get to see um, Sweet Lou Dunbar. He's one of the only remaining original Globetrotters back, and he's also the coach of the Globetrotters. And as people may remember, I knew Meadowlark Lemon pretty well. I mean, I still know his family. And, um, so whenever I see Lou, I say, I'm Meadowlark's friend. And he says, oh yeah. And, you know, we get a hug together and he took a picture with my grandson and, um, my daughter. And it was really nice. I took my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter and my youngest grandson. And we had a nice time and the, it was held at the sun stadium, which is super nice. It's all remodeled and there's a Spinato's pizza Anna Wetzel's pretzels, which are, um, my kids like totally love Wetzel's pretzels and I love Spinato's pizza and we had a good time, but I still had this off and on headache. And then I was supposed to go to a charity event that night that was Mardi Gras themed. And of course, anybody who listens to this knows how much I love anything Mardi Gras, anything New Orleans. 
I go to this charity event every year. I just could not go. And I canceled on my sister-in-law and I went to bed at like 8.30. But then that really did the trick. I woke up and felt better, which is good because I had to take a plane in a couple hours. I cooked breakfast. I made a pasta, baked for dinner for the next two days. Then I packed and was out the door at like noon. The flight was very bumpy and I had to work the whole time. And I kept thinking that this was a case that was going to get canceled. It was just an oral argument without like getting too much into the details. It was an oral argument on like one narrow issue. And I've had some cases where I have like all these issues and like really important issues that may go to the Supreme Court. And this one, of course, was an important case. This was a case that I felt very strongly about. Um, The person was imprisoned, I think wrongly, um, for 10 years. But they also, it took so long to get to this point that they're out now. So um, it's kind of like the damage is done, you know, and that's really how I began my oral argument. But so I kept thinking, like, with all these facts, I'm like, this is going to get canceled. But and so I waited to prep on it. And it didn't get canceled. So I had to cram in the days before the oral argument, especially Sunday. So on Sunday, I worked like a 10 hour day, went to bed at like 9pm, woke up at five and went right back to work. I showered, grabbed breakfast at the lounge, I stayed at the Renaissance, which is a non gaming hotel. They were so nice there. They gave me a food and beverage credit and a free dessert and a whiskey flight. On Sunday, I had dinner at the hotel, just an impossible burger and a salad because I had to work. So I I definitely wasn't there for, um, you know, having a good time. I had a weird view of a parking lot, but I was near the airport. So I saw flights taking off and landing. And that was kind of cool. And at night, the lights were pretty. But they weren't Vegas lights from the hotel, but still a nice view. And I was up high, you know, like nothing was blocked. I could see like the Vegas residential area around the hotel. And then I woke up to a wonderful sunrise. Before I went to bed, I also watched Midsummer. That movie was scary. And by the same writer, director as Hereditary, Ari Oster, I never wanted to see that movie because I thought the poster looked stupid. Isn't that a dumb reason? But I will never forget the first 15 minutes. They were awful and disturbing. And I um, rewatched about half of the movie with my youngest daughter because I wanted to see some of the hidden Easter eggs throughout. And there really was. Uh, If you watch it, watch it again. Because there's things like the art on the walls that are... Uh, foreshadowing and and these Easter eggs that just tell you what will happen in the future. So it's Monday morning, I go to the oral argument, and I'm like chugging along and it's I feel like it's going well. And the court says you need to start over because the other attorney has disconnected. The other attorney appeared via zoom. And that was an option for me. But I was I was scared of the possibility of that happening like my screen freezing or whatever and plus I think for like an oral argument there's just this there's this formality to it and this um pageantry 
that's very important. And I didn't feel I could do this on a Zoom call. So um, if you ever do something where you're on a roll and then you need to start over, it sucks. I lost my momentum. And ultimately, I think it went okay. The panel was nice because they knew it wasn't my fault that I had to start over and was um, kind of like, you know, you're, you're saying the same things again, like things that you said five minutes before. So it's a little awkward. But I walked out smiling, which is always a nice feeling. There have been oral arguments where the panel is so mean to you <laughs> that you just feel completely beat up. And it was a tough panel. They had a lot of questions for me, um, but I feel like I was feel, fielding them and it, and it went okay. So I went back to the hotel and laid down for about an hour to recoup after all the work. And then I decided to go to the strip for gambling and lunch. I lost about $70. Not terrible. The shot, the slot machines were just awful. Like they never, you know, usually it's not the losing so much that I mind. If there's like sort of some give and take, like, you know, they give a little money, you can play a little. I'm fine with that. Because I don't, I never think, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm going to hit a giant jackpot. Um, but it just was like, I played little amounts in different casinos and then um, like immediately lost the money. It just wasn't very fun. Then I tried to have lunch and I saw a Honolulu cookies and I bought a small bag of cookies, which I was super excited because I love Honolulu cookies. And I only see them in Hawaii, but there's one in Vegas. And then I lost the bag of cookies at the airport. And I'm like, what the heck? Because I walked around with that bag for like three hours. So I tried to have lunch at, I was having trouble finding a place to eat because everything was closed, you know. And so I find a guy, Ferreri's, and I order a salad because I figured that would be quick. And I had like 40 minutes before I had to head to the airport. So like plenty of time, I'm thinking, to get a salad. And um, it was crazy because I'm like, there's thousands of restaurants in this place. Like, how is all this stuff closed? And things that were open were super crowded. So there was an in and out and I wouldn't have gone to in and out anyways, but there was a, I'm not joking when I say this, a hundred people in line. I um, ordered my salad and it never came and the waiter never came back. So I just abandoned my table because the food never came and I headed to the airport. I took a cab and asked for two stops, one to pick up my luggage and then go and then to go to the airport. Which also, because I had so much time originally, I didn't think I would have to do. I thought I would be able to go back to the hotel. I still had a certificate for a free beer. So I thought I'll have a drink at the hotel and then I'll go to the airport. But I um, had to do this. and But I had a wonderful cab driver. And <clears throat> I will take cabs in Vegas because they're actually around where you can get them at the hotels and from to and from the airport, they have a fixed rate. So I went to the airport and went to the lounge. It was a priority pass lounge. So there was a waiting list. And, and I guess here's kind of what I found out from 
people who work at the airport, the airport's busiest times are Sunday and Monday when people are leaving after their weekend. So I decide to go to California Pizza Kitchen. I order a water and a pizza. None of it ever came. <laughs> and then the waitlist called me, so I just left. And I just kept thinking I was not meant to eat in Vegas. I finally did get into the lounge and had some snacks that tied me over. And then on the way back, I had some nice news. The airline upgraded me to first class. And there's only been one other time that I was upgraded. And it was one of my, you know, from age zero to 25, I was probably on an airplane a handful of times. And it was a time that my aunt and uncle took me to New York. And on the way back, the airline says, oh, we've upgraded you, Florence, to first class. And I gave the ticket to my aunt because they had treated me on the trip. And I still am like, oh my gosh, because, you know, and a handful of flights and one of the first ones you take, they upgrade you to first class. Um, I'm thinking this must be something that happens often, but it doesn't. <laughs> um, okay. And I, I was in the first row of first class, so I couldn't have my uh, bag with me, but come on, how can I complain? It was very, very nice. So one week later, um, so the trip went well, I go back to work, like work like crazy that week. And then one week later is spring break with my daughter. And it was sort of bad timing. I booked the spring break trip in November. And as it came, I was just a ball of stress. I had the Vegas trip and the oral argument that had come up again, up until the oral argument, I kept thinking it was going to get canceled. I also had a totally busy week. I had a day where I took my brother to chemotherapy and radiation. By the way, he's doing great. The tumor is shrinking. We're very hopeful. He's exhausted. He can't eat solids right now. His esophagus is all burned, but he's um, doing good. Like We have so much hope right now. So that was that week, and then I'm leaving the next Tuesday for spring break. And thank goodness I was leaving on a Tuesday instead of a Monday because I had a day in the office on Monday for meetings and getting stuff done. And then the week that I was coming back, I had a crazy week of court. I had a trial, in-person hearings, a mediation, plus a high amount of meetings. I was coming back from spring break on a Saturday, which I recommend greatly. It gives you a day to be with your family and to do laundry. Plus, I run to the office if I can do it on a Saturday, I'll run to the office on a Saturday, and um, but otherwise I usually go on a Sunday. And all my mail was waiting for me, office and home was waiting for me at my home. So on Saturday night, I actually went through all my mail and sorted it, like tossed out just tons of like going through the junk, getting through stuff right away, you know, making a pile of bills, making a pile of work stuff that needed um, some sort of resolution and um, just got a ton done. And then if you come back on a Saturday, you can get a good night's sleep on a Saturday. I've come home before on a Sunday and it sucks. And I have to say that the Tuesday to Saturday trip was really ideal. It gave me a day in the office and gave me a break on the weekend before I had to go back to the office. 
So for our trip, um, I did something on the trip, which I don't know if I would recommend or will ever try again. I split the trip in half, a couple of days in Savannah and a couple of days in New Orleans. New Orleans. It ended up being too much time at the airport. So Tuesday was all day flying to Savannah, and then you have to stop in North Carolina. There's a short layover, but then there was a delay, so it took forever to get to Savannah. My daughter was like having motion sickness. She had nausea and her head hurt. She was miserable. And so going on two plane rides just like wasn't great. So we finally get to Savannah. There's a three-hour time difference, so we lose three hours. And we went to a local vegan restaurant, walked back to the hotel, and went to bed. The hotel was the residence inn, which I usually love a residence inn. But this one was, frankly, it was kind of a little grubby. It had small windows and was kind of musty smelling. It was in an old building. And I would blast the AC to help with the smell. I used my points to pay for the rooms, so I didn't want to complain or move rooms. And it was two nights, so I felt we could just do it. Um, Sometimes without the air conditioning running, it almost smelled like cat pee. I don't know. It was just not great. (laughs) Breakfast at the hotel was pretty good. And then we had a full day there. And we took, to maximize it, we took two tours. I usually don't do this. I usually kind of do my own thing. But I really wanted to make the most of the trip. And the first tour was an on-off tour. So we used it like public transportation. And so it was more expensive than public transportation. But the nice thing was there was a map of what the different sites were. And then you had someone telling you what there was. So we would get on and off. We stopped, the first stop, we stopped at a random diner and had a great breakfast. I had like the best biscuit of my life and I had grits. It was super Southern and super delicious. And my daughter had a really delicious looking breakfast sandwich that she loved. So then we got back on the uh, tour trolley. We went to the river. We went in all the shops. I bought postcards for my grandsons. Then we ate. We um, did the tour kind of twice, just getting on and off. And we ate. When when we finished the tour, we ate in an old-fashioned Italian restaurant. And I had a really good pasta primavera. Then afterwards, we did a ghost tour. And on our day tour, our tour guides got progressively better. And we ended with this amazing lady that was like a real-life Southern Belle. And um, we were going to get on and off with her, too. But I liked her so much, I just finished the tour listening to her because she really was amazing. Our second tour guide... Um, so on the first tour our second tour guide kept saying more about that later so my daughter and I said that all day like he would say oh here's the house where you know famous murder took place more about that later and we it just was cracking us up and then so late at night we went on our ghost tour and the tour guide was this very young individual that talked really fast. She, uh, the person was a really present, pleasant person, but there was nothing amazing um, about the tour and nothing really new from the day tour. 
So it was a little bit of a bummer, but really kind of okay. It was a, just a nice way to end the night. So the next day, so now it's Thursday, and now we have another day of travel. So we had to fly back to North Carolina and at a two and a half hour layover. And North Carolina to Savannah and vice versa was a small plane, which I think was not good for how my daughter was feeling. And at the airport in North Carolina, we checked into a minute suites, which is a place where you can lay down for an hour. And it works with my priority pass, which comes with my one of my my credit cards. So it was great. We both took naps. There were clean, warm blankets. Like what a game changer. Like my daughter felt so much better. And then, um, so flying to New Orleans, you fly north to South Carolina, and then you fly south to New Orleans. So we went out of our way to get to New or to get to New Orleans. I should have just found a direct flight with a different airline, but I was using my American miles. So I, um, didn't care at the time, but like on the day of travel, you're like, Oh, like what's going on? Like, why am I doing all this, you know, backtracking and waiting? So we finally get to New Orleans and it's the day before St. Patrick's day. And the line at the taxi stand at the airport was hundreds of people. I took a video of it because I just was flabbergasted. It's usually five people, maybe 20. I'm not joking. And I always take a taxi from the airport. It's super easy. There's a flat rate. But I wasn't going to wait in that line. I, it, The way I was calculating, it had to be at least three hours. So where you pick up a lift, there were tons of people who were not going to wait for a taxi. So dozens of people were standing in the area where you wait for a lift. So I called a lift and it was a ton more expensive, but worth it. I, because once we got outside, I was starting to get the feeling that we would be trapped at the airport forever. I also thought it was a harbinger to what we would find in the city, but not at all. This being in the city was the least busy I have ever seen it in terms of restaurants and other stuff that we did, but the airport was insane. So I have no idea. I have no explanation. So that night we went to dinner at this restaurant, Cleo's, that was closed for three years. I didn't think it was ever coming back. And I saw it was open last time when I was there for a conference. And I was so excited to take my daughter during spring break. It was terrible. We got our drinks after our food. Um, there was hair, a big long hair in the tzatziki. My daughter ordered salmon and it was cold and undercooked. The um, tabula salad was old. I'll never go back. I didn't complain because I have this thing about like non-chain restaurants. I don't think it helps to complain. Um, well, I did show them that there was hair in the tzatziki. They brought a new tzatziki and charged me for it. <laughs> so, um, I went back to the hotel and it was kind of a bummer of an, e of an evening because just dinner wasn't great, but I thought we'd start over the next day. And the thing about, so it was going to be, let me see, let me look this out. This was Friday and it was St. Patrick's day. It was also going to rain a huge chunk of the day, like from 10 to four, like 
optimum getting out in the city stuff for us because I mean I'm traveling with a 16 year old we're not out at night at bars you know we're if we're doing anything it's during the day so in the um it didn't rain in the morning well we stayed at um just a recommendation for a, a hotel we stayed at the JW Marriott and this is the second time I've stayed there and I love this hotel it's clean it's nice the staff is so professional it's with my um Bonvoy credit card so I do get some perks they put me up on the highest floor we had a great view of the river and the French Quarter and it also came with breakfast due to um, my status so it didn't rain in the morning so we had breakfast and we started walking we started in the quarter since we knew it was going to rain so we thought we would hit the mall when it rained so we started just started walking and we ended up at the vampire boutique which I always stop in don't really ever buy anything although I did buy some postcards this time and um but I always look in there because it's just a super cool place and the store clerk asked if we ever went to the restaurant next door and um I thought it was more of a bar but it was a cafe so we had brunch and I had the most delicious warm oatmeal, which had the best fruit on it, like the most delicious blueberries and strawberries that I've ever had. My daughter had a breakfast sandwich. She loved it. It was a great staff, like a fun staff. It starts pouring and we're watching all the people walk by in the rain and they have all their St. Patrick's Day stuff on just soaking wet. So we took an Uber to the mall and we went and saw Ant-Man Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania it was a good solid Marvel movie they could have cut down the battle scenes which would have cut down maybe 20 minutes it was a shorter Marvel movie it was two hours instead of like the usual two and a half hours but um, we were truly in like a no hurry it was good humor Paul Rudd is always great. Jonathan Majors, the villain, was great. He's kind of a new Thanos. Um, and from the end of the movie, you can see maybe where Marvel is going. Then um, we shopped at the mall. Then we wanted to go to Riverwalk, which is another mall, which is exactly what it says. It, it goes along the river. It's like a big, long like tube of a mall, and it's connected to the Marriott. And then it connects to the con convention center. We were going to walk there, but we started walking and I, I turned around and I said, no, we're taking an Uber. So we took like an Uber, like, I can't even say the shortness of it. I mean, a tenth of a mile, maybe. Um, and then we walked, I had him drop a, off at the Westin because I knew there was an inside connection. And I saw, I was so glad I knew my way around. <laughs> So we um, walked through Riverwalk river and I finally got my beignets because there's one at the, there's a Cafe Du Monde in the mall. The original one, I love to go to, but it's always so packed. We tried to go to it earlier in the morning, but there was a line of like 
I don't know, 40 or 50 people. Like, I can't do that. You know, we went to this one. There was two people in front of us and plenty of tables. And also, um, you know, the, the, the original Cafe du Monde is kind of outside. There's like a small inside cafe, but the rest is outside. It's covered, so you could sit there during the rain, but we weren't going to wait in the line and then be outside. So it just wasn't happening. But we did go to the inside one and it was great. So we finally waited out the rain. So we walked back to the quarter. We got foot massages and went shopping. And then we had dinner at Country Flame, which is a Cuban Mexican restaurant. They didn't have, I always order um, the Maduro's plantains, which they didn't have. They were out. They had a different kind of plantains and they were pretty good. Not as good as I like, but actually when we went home, I made some of those plantains. Like I figured out how to make them and that was delicious, but we had a really good time at the restaurant. It was also very empty. Everywhere we went, shops, restaurant, hotel, nothing was crazy. While we were eating, we saw lots of people walking towards the St. Patrick's Day Parade, and we skipped that. It was, first of all, it was freezing out, and um, we just weren't going to go stand in a, a crowd for a parade. And then the craziest thing happened. This older couple that was eating at the Vampire's Cafe for breakfast, and really noticeable because the man in the couple was totally into it and had the waiters taking pictures with him and was loudly talking, not obnoxious, but just kind of funny because he was just so enthusiastic. Then we go to Country Flame and my daughter comes back from the bathroom and points the same people out. It was like 10 hours later. It's impossible. It is impossible for this to happen. This restaurant, Vampire, um, Vampire Cafe is a tourist spot. Country Flame is not. It's a teeny restaurant. There are thousands of restaurants in the area. To be back at the same time and place is so odd. We went back to the hotel. We thought we might go get dessert in the hotel later, but we just got cozy and we watched the J-Lo shotgun wedding movie on Amazon. It's not great, but it had its moments and J-Lo was always so stinking good. Jennifer Coolidge was in it, and she was hilarious. Josh Dumal was the groom. I thought he was great. The groom was supposed to be Army Hammer. And I think everybody knows kind of what happened to him. He got super weird and may have some criminal charges. I mean, it might be on, beyond weird. And I always liked Army Hammer's acting. But after seeing the movie, I think he would have been miscast. Like, he was too handsome for it or something. Josh Dumal is very handsome, but he also had the ability to be like a little nerdy. So it was good. He just was perfect in it. Handsome, a little nerdy, um, was really great. So I woke up early on Saturday and this was, we're going back and I had breakfast downstairs and, um, just enjoyed my coffee. Like just enjoyed, you know, my daughter slept in very late and missed breakfast. I showered and packed and had a relaxing morning and made notes about the trip. And then we got on, um, we headed to the airport around 12, got on the flight. The flight was um, 
very nice, you know, back. We had lunch on the way back. The lunch that we ordered, I think we ordered salads, but they weren't available, so they had the pasta, which was okay. Um, I've had this pasta before, and the first time I had it, I thought it was just kind of, I don't know. My daughter didn't like it. I think she ate like two bites of it, but it had a good salad with it, and you know, just um, was pleasant. And and for most of the trip, I didn't really watch like any movies, movies, except for the ones I told you about. I watched a lot of uh, docu-series on um, Netflix that I had downloaded. Like I watched Surviving R. Kelly and um, I watched the Murdoch one. Oh no, I watched that one before. I can't even remember what I watched. <laughs> I feel like I've been watching a lot of these uh, true crime docu-series lately and they're all starting to blend together. So uh, we get back to the house, I go through my mail, I unpack, I start laundry, and then the next day I get up and I go to the office for about three hours and um, organize all my messages for the to start calling back on Monday. There was um, quite a bit, you know, um, there always is, and then I um, went back to the house, relaxed a little bit, made a Sunday dinner, and then started back on, you know, Monday. Um, I, since the, the break, I've just been working a lot, like lots of meetings, um, taking my brother to appointments, although, um, we, I don't have to be in the rotation anymore, I think, because his um, significant other is more comfortable with the whole process. So I think she'll be taking him probably exclusively. Um, and, you know, starting to get ready for Easter, like Easter's coming up. Just, a, you know, a bunch of stuff coming up. So I have a trip to L.A. in a couple of weeks where I'm going to stay a couple days in L.A. I'm going to stay at the historic Chateau Marmont. I'm going for a couple of reasons. One is just to relax and then also hoping to do some film vault stuff. Um, we talked about it earlier. I'm hopefully going on to put together some um, uh, red light, green lights so they can bank them. They're out of the ones that I did back in October. So I got to get on that and see what they need me to do. Okay, what else? Oh, um, other good news I had. So Okay, so what was going to happen? I was going to be gone to L.A. And during the time I was gone in L.A., I was going to be working on a um, oral argument, this huge, complex oral argument. And I've been working on it off and on for like the last month and really nervous about it because it's highly technical. And then all of a sudden I get something from the Ninth Circuit that says, uh, the briefs are good. We have all that we need. We're, we're going to cancel the oral argument. My guess is because the case is so complex, it's probably just not suitable for oral argument. I mean, because you could do, you could do a two hour oral argument on it. Like it's that complex, but, um, instead, um, they're just going to rely on the briefs. So that takes away a huge project that I was working on and was going to be working on the entire time I was in um, California. So that's kind of good news. Like my brain has just freed up. 
so I can travel to LA and just work on like smaller projects um, and emails. Um, one thing that I saw since I've gotten back is the MH390 documentary on Netflix. I started watching it a second time with my daughter because I just wanted somebody to sort of talk about with it. Oh, I did see that documentary when I was traveling. Yes, I remember because I was thinking, you're watching this and you're flying everywhere. Like, is it going to make you nervous? But it didn't. So in any event, um, I've been fascinated. Like, where is this? Like, where is this plane? And so I bought a book on it. And I'm going to start reading and, and see what I can find. I guess you can find out nothing because the plane is gone. Okay. So I do want to do a little bit of a subject today after kind of just catching you up to date on travel and like some different tips on the travel. So I was looking through the Sunday New York Times and I do subscribe to the Sunday Times. There's a couple things that I do that are what I consider more tangible because I just want to be able to touch a book, touch a newspaper. So I get the Sunday New York Times delivered to me. And um, I just keep it on my desk downstairs. I have a desk downstairs in the kitchen. And while I'm having coffee or, or maybe the water's boiling for pasta or something like that, I'll pull out a section and go through it. And I came across an article that says, golf at 3 p.m. Tuesday, question mark. It's the afternoon fun economy. And what the article is about is that since the pandemic, people are working more flexible schedules. I know that there's a lot of people getting back in the office, but there's also um, still a lot of people who are working like hybrid from home or, you know, they'll go into the office like three days and then work two days from home. Uh, my daughter has one right now where she works at her office to like one or two, and then she works from home for the rest of the day. So, um, and I have been, I mean, I've always sort of been able to do this because of, um, I'm self-employed, I can make my own schedule, but I did realize after really reading this article, it really has been a change because I would say, where am I in court hearings that are virtual? Maybe 50-50, maybe a little bit more towards the virtual side of um, hearings, maybe 60-40 with them, with them being virtual. It also goes in um, different um, stages too. Like I might have a week where I'm in court a ton, like physical court a ton. Like this afternoon, I'm recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. This afternoon... I go to court in Tempe and next week I go to court in Phoenix and last week I was in court in surprise so it's really all over the place like it comes in chunks and then sometimes I won't have in-person court for like maybe two weeks but then everything will be virtual and then scattered throughout the last couple of weeks I've had a bunch of virtual stuff I've had depositions and stuff so what that means is sometimes I will have time periods where there's not a meeting not a virtual hearing and I'm not in court. So what I've been doing is scheduling the appointments that I need to be a person. So my dental appointments, doctor appointments, 
nail appointments. Um, trying to think what else I do. Oh, um, vitamin IV appointments, like the, the stuff that like keeps me going. So, um, I've been scheduling it like when I can, Hey, there's an opening. I'm going to do it. What I didn't really put my finger on until I read this article is other people doing it as well. And there was a statistic in the article that said the most popular appointment times for hair appointments used to be 6 p.m. And now it's noon. And it's because people have these either work from home schedules or a hybrid schedule. And I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? I noticed that as well because six years ago, five years ago, if somebody wanted an appointment, there was millions of times where people would ask me, are you available on a Saturday? And for a while, if I wasn't scheduled for something on a Saturday, I would just come in and do the appointment. And then I was starting to feel like very resentful and I was missing out on things like being able to exercise and stuff on a Saturday. So I cut it down to one Saturday a month and it would be like, well, if you want to come in on a Saturday, this is the day. But even then I was just starting to feel like it, that was too much too. Like I really needed that Saturday to recharge. Cause if you think about it, you have, you know, 52 Saturdays a year. And then if you take 12 of them and you're sitting in the office all day, I mean, that's a ton, you know, you only have so many. So I stopped doing weekends and then I started doing, I told people, if you really need to come in a weekend, I can do Sunday night because a lot of times I'm kind of getting ready for the week anyways. Only a couple people took me up on it because nobody wants to come in on a Sunday night. You're usually getting your kids ready for school. You're getting ready for work. You're at home, like whatever, you know? So a Saturday night was generally not appealing for people. I did actually have a very negative Sunday night appointment one time where I felt like kind of threatened. <laughs> like my brother had to come and like get me out of it. Um, it, the person ended up being super weird and, and, and creepy. And so, um, I, you know, haven't really even offered those. And then I realized I don't even need to anymore. And another thing people always used to ask for too was, what was your first appointment of the day? And what's your last appointment of the night? And what I always ask people was, well, okay, what do you mean by that? <laughs> because if I'm working, I'm working generally, say like an eight to four or a nine to five. And I don't want to, I generally don't want to schedule something first thing in the morning or last thing because either I have to rush to get in or I'm held after like a regular working time. So I always tell people, what do you mean by that? Like, what time do you want? And a lot of times people will say, oh, I want a three. I'm like, okay, that's doable. Sometimes people want like a five or a 5.30 or a six. And I'm like, all right, that takes some planning. Like that's those times I am generally with my family then, like starting dinner, um, maybe exercising, maybe working on a project, you know, because I haven't been able to get to it all day because of court and meetings. So those are not like where I always have like 
where I say, my, oh, my last appointment of the day is five. Those, I always said, those require some planning if I'm going to be here later than that. So generally, if you're getting an appointment with me, it's probably most likely between the hours of 10 and 3. And then anything before and anything after words, like I said, requires some planning. And I realize that I'm not even getting asked that question so much anymore. I did actually get it asked yesterday. And then when I saw this article, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not asked that all the time like I used to be a couple years ago. So generally when I say, and, you know, my appointment times are just really like sort of few and far between. And so I'll say, I, you know, the only time I have this week is Tuesday at 11 and the person will go, I'll take it. So it seems like people are more flexible now. And I guess that's because of everything that happened with the, the pandemic. So maybe that's something good that came out of it. Um, still my scheduling isn't perfect, but it's better. Oh, I'll even say this about court in my lifetime. So many times I would have court at 8 a.m. To get to court at 8 a.m., if it's downtown or, say, Scottsdale or Mesa, I have to leave at 6.30 because of the rush hour. If it is a, let's call it a 10.30 appointment downtown, I can leave at 9.30 and have a huge cushion. Um, but if it's an 8 a.m. appointment, I leave at 6.30 and am squeezed for time because of the rush hour traffic. So that's made a difference as well. So maybe something good's come out of all of this. All right, I will be back in um, probably a week and a half. I won't record this weekend, but maybe the weekend afterwards. And I think I don't have a calendar in front of me, but it may be after my LA trip and I can give you an update about that. Good talking to you. Um, thanks again. And I'm going to close it out with a little Beyonce. Oh, and uh, you're listening to the podcast, so you probably know where to find it. But you can find it on iTunes, Patreon, and SoundCloud. Thanks. Bye-bye.